faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Punchin' Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunchin' Wolf. So, good morning, everybody. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, T.J. Watt, uh, who Wolf thinks is Superman. I think he's Superman, yeah. Chalooch. I do. Yeah. I do indeed, my friend. Think about it. Yeah. All right. This is a young man coming on now. And you see some great things going on for for the second time in, what, uh, just a couple years here? He's the Defensive Player of the Month. He was an AFC Offensive, uh, or I'm sorry, Defensive Player of the Week, you know. He's getting Defensive Player of the Month now. That's Superman territory, baby. He leads the AFC, or tied for the AFC sack lead with three and a half sacks. He leads the conference and quarterback hits with 10. All right, that's three more than anyone else. He also has nine tackles, three tackles for loss, two passes defense, and one interception. Deception. Exactly so. Yeah, and you know, I, he's a stud. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we, when we watch him, uh, he's good at getting the edge and he's good at slapping the hands down. And you know, he, he I think he got that from his brother. No question. Yeah. You watch your brother. He's yeah. The brother's a three-time defensive MVP of yeah. the of the NFL. Um, I think, uh, you know, right now he's a burgeoning defensive player of the year. He's got a month, right? He First he went started with a week, yeah. then a month. Next one up, it's got to be like defensive player of the year sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This is what Mike Tomlin said about TJ. His talents are just part of the equation. His hyper-focus, his attention to detail, his awareness, I think all add up to big playmaking ability and splash plays for us. That's what Mike T had to say about it. You know what? uh, When you are a a student of the game uh, and you have uh, the talent, 
and the coordination and the effort and the intensity and the passion. Uh, when you study plays, you study your offensive tackle that you're going against, you're going to be great. Absolutely. Let me give you an example of attention to detail. Do you remember against Houston? You got the jet motion coming, right? Did TJ get fooled by that? No, no. <laughs> he, he came splattered. off. He splattered the jet motion guy taking the handoff, did he yeah, not? Yeah, he and splattered him. I laugh because you're, I'm thinking to myself, here you are. I'm trying to remember which one it was of the Texans, the wide receivers, was getting the ball. But, you know, you're coming along, and it's kind of like you're coming to an intersection. Or William Fuller. Well, was it William Fuller? William Fuller the fifth. Yeah. Okay. So William Fuller the fifth is approaching the intersection, driving his car right, and all of a sudden, as he's going bam. through the intersection, bam! <laughs> right there, it's T.J. Watt right in his grill. Right. You know, and I'm laughing because the the look on on William Fuller's face when all if not I, I couldn't say the the look on his face, but the body posture was like yikes. <laughs> You know, right, right before, right before you have that big collision, right, and that's attention to detail. That's the scouting report. That's recognizing down distance personnel package, all those things, and what they're going to run at that time. Exactly. So all those things come together. The fruition of it comes together. And Mike talked about his hyper focus. Now, Mike doesn't say that about everybody. Yeah, you go back and look at some of the commentary that. Mike uh, applies to different guys. Hyper focus is not something that he says about everybody. And I find that fascinating because that's simply, you know, TJ applying the art of preparation, film study, and scouting reports and understanding it enough to be able to apply that in real time and do it on the field as the play is unfolding. There's, there, I'm sure there was a call alerting from one guy to another guy, and then the application of that call. That's what you want to see with your defense. That's progress that you're seeing in a de- defense and their ability to communicate and being able to come along and make the play. Right, right. Yeah, you know, um, I think TJ is a student of the game, and he watches – uh, he watches like Vinnie Williams. Right. And he sees the pre-snap uh, tendencies. And, and he's got them in his head. Yeah, he right? has that. Uh, I, I, th- I think it was Randall Cobb. Was it Randall Cobb uh, that would got the <laughs> – Randall Cobb came to a, a quick stop with a chin strap on, as we like to say. The fact of the matter is the recognition from the defense, from the calls, and then the application of those calls and the, and the ability to you know, know – from a down and distance and, and, and certain set offensive package, I, I thought it was just fascinating to see that. Yeah. I'll give you another example, and, and I want you to comment on this one, okay? Because he talked about TJ's hyper-focus and his attention uh, to detail, and he and just that his, his talents are part of the equation. I like that he says, okay, his talents are just part of the equation because the hyper-focus and the attention to detail and his awareness. So he's demonstrated his awareness, his, his hyper-focus, but the attention to detail was when he uh, rushed the uh, Drew Locke. That's who it was. It was Drew Locke. He comes off the corner against uh, uh, Elijah Wilkinson, the tackle. Remember that? Right, right. So when, when Bud Dupree splatted Drew Locke, he f- just flushed uh, Drew Locke out of the pocket. Right. But what he did was he did a dip and rip that was darn near perfect, Chaluch. Yeah. First of all, he lined up way wide. And he's just inside the slot receiver 
as you watch the film of him. And he has a sheer angle. And what he wants to do is be able to get to the position where when he plants that inside foot, he can dip and rip and plane his body so Elijah's got nothing but back to try to punch. You know how they get low and try to get underneath? Yeah, yeah. Right? And he does that. And it's... I've got to tell you, it was darn near perfect. It's exactly the opposite of James Harrison, who was so powerful and his short stature made it uh, so easy for him to just throw the rip. He didn't rip. No, he, he, didn't, dip. he didn't dip. <laughs> You're right. No dip. Just rip, and he turned him like a, t- a turnstile. Right. Right? But not TJ. He's 6'4". He's not 5'11 and three quarters or six foot as James is. Yeah. All right? But... He dips and planes his body, and what an awesome move it was because Elijah ended up punching right over the top of him. Right. He flushes Drew Locke, and then Bud Dupree just splats. Splatters him. Yes. Potters him. Exactly. And that's the awareness, and not just awareness, but the attention to detail that I think Mike talks about. Did Drew Locke play last night? Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah. It, um, actually, it was Mark Ripien's, uh, Brett Ripien, his, his nephew. Oh. Yeah. He was quarterbacking last night. Another wow. Ripien. Ripien. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So he was quarterbacking. Mark Ripien uh, uh, was uh, the quarterback when the uh, Redskins won the Super Bowl. Two of them. I yeah. think he's won. Didn't no, he? no, no, no. He, he, they, oh, he uh, wasn't the quarterback yeah, for two? Yeah, Doug Williams uh, was one. Okay. And uh, Joe Theismann was, was the other. Okay, and so Mark Rippey three was, different. Yeah, yeah that, that's why I, I uh, say that Joe Gibbs was a great coach because uh, he didn't have the same quarterback that's right. that, uh, that uh, ran his Super right. Bowls. He had three different quarterbacks. Excellent. That makes – can you imagine being a, a head coach like that and be able to win yeah. the Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks? That's – how rare is that? Right, yeah. You know, the, it, you know uh, when uh, Chuck won four Super Bowls, Terry, uh, when uh, the San Francisco 49ers won three Super Bowls, it was with Joe Montana and mm-hmm. then uh, Steve, Young, Steve Young, the fourth uh, Super Bowl. Uh, but that was uh, that was not Bill Walsh. It was George Seifert. Uh, and, uh, you know. Joe the, Gibbs was a great yeah, coach. Yeah, and Joe Gibbs was a great and, and a great guy. Yeah. You know, he, and he loves Jesus. Yes, he does. Yeah, and, you know, we, we saw him speak. Uh, I had the privilege of introducing him. And you uh, introduced him very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Gibbs is a great guy. Right, yeah. That was that was you know what? Um actually I'm trying to remember when that was. That was so long ago. Wow. Yeah. We're getting old, Chalooch. All right. right. The other thing, uh Mike Tomlin is talking about um TJ's uh, awareness, his attention to detail. How about the number of times because he like leads the league or is very up, much up there in forced fumbles? The yes. art of raking the ball. You know, I mean, he literally spends time examining, watching, and practicing the art of separating the ball from right. the ball carrier, yeah. be it a wide receiver, a quarterback, or a running back. And it's those simple attention to detail things that are starting to create in what I think in him, separating him from other guys as being, you know, a, a superhero practically, Superman, yeah, as it were. He, he is. Uh... You know he uh, strips. Uh, he tomahawk chops the ball, uh, and uh, you know that that's that's great. And I think he learned that from his brother. Absolutely. And think about it. He practices it during practice. We yeah. watch him. You know, you watch him during practice. He's 
practicing the art of separating the ball from a ball carrier, the raking, you know, uh, you watching me practice is reaching for the hands of a receiver when the receiver puts his hands up, like yeah. Mike Tomlin is always preaching. Uh, the other one, I'll give you another one. Again, because these are just certain instances that I've picked out that I think kind of highlight where TJ is at right now. Yeah. How about on that pass rush against Titus Howard, the 6'5", 322-pound right tackle, Okay, for the Houston Texans. He goes with the inside hand stab, right? Yeah. Locks out on him, drives him right back into Deshaun Watson. Now, he didn't get the sack, but he drove and used yeah. Titus Howard as as, as a you know object to, to bounce uh, Deshaun Watson and get him moving and take him off his spot. And I thought that inside arm lockout, you know, Reggie White pioneered that. Right, thing, right, right, right. And other players – have been able to use that to their advantage. Notably, Cam Hayward's another one. Bud Dupree has started with that. But for T.J. Watt, who's not as big, you know, to take a guy like Titus Howard right. and deposit him right in the lap of Deshaun Foster says something about him. You know, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, he was just Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Foster. Oh, yeah, where did I get Foster from? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I always need a fact checker. When yeah, I'm... yeah. <laughs> the point is, Deshaun Watson got the big backside of Titus Howard right in his face. Right. You know, and what I love about it was, you know, he TJ, drove him like a car. He did. Yeah. Uh, just like a shopping cart. He's right. pushing a shopping cart. Right. That's what he was. Titus Howard was nothing but a 322-pound shopping cart. Right. And he drove him right into Deshaun Watson. Right. Deshaun <laughs> Foster. I just make names up. I don't know. You know, it's just maybe I have I stopped once. Him one time, too. Yeah. One time too fast with a chin strap on. Yeah. You know? But I laugh because I look at that and I go, wow. You know, that to me is application of a detail. That's like, when you think about it, Chalooch, it's like all the trapping stuff we used to do. Yes. You are technically working your hands specifically yeah. for an applied ability to use those hands in a specific way in a specific situation. Yeah, we're, you know, and uh, we work those hands because Sarge Bill Edwards right. taught us right. in the off season, And so then we went into the season uh, using the moves that he Gave us right, uh, and you know when the, when the the uh, one arm stab you trap down on that one arm stab, right. and the two arm stab you trap down with double arms. But I got news for you, Titus didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you he know? didn't. He didn't work the punch. He, he didn't work the punch. He didn't work the trap. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm <laughs> Touch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. So Adam Schefter is reporting, and I can also confirm that two more Titans tested positive for COVID. We know we've all been keeping an eye on this. The league obviously has been as well. Uh, they're obviously not out of the woods just yet, as we now know that's about a total of 12 people now with the Tennessee organization. And the problem is they're preparing for Buffalo now, right? We know the game was postponed this weekend against the Steelers, and they cannot get back into the facility until players and members of the staff stop testing positive. So you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Well, we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And uh, that uh, a reporter was talking about 
Uh, the Tennessee Titans. How about that? Yeah, you know, uh, and did is the uh, pandemic growing? Well, because the wondering. president's got it. Yeah, the yeah. president's got and it. The first lady also. Yeah, which, yeah. First we, lady. We pray for them. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and uh, so I, I'm wondering, is the Tennessee Titans? going to be able to play the next week well they, they say they're on to the buffalo bills at least right. you know planning for but the fact is are you really because yeah. right now uh that was a report that we had of 12 it's up to 12 and i've heard reports of possibly one more so right. i don't know i don't know exactly although it seems to be increasing a report was on NFL.com uh, last night. It said the the bus driver who drove the Titans to their game uh, last weekend in Minnesota and then also drove the Astros from Major League Baseball, right, to Minnesota on their trip for a playoff series. He tested positive did for they, the COVID-19. Did they, did they get it from the bus driver? I don't know. That's what. But they're saying that the, the bus driver who drove – both the Astros. Now, I haven't heard anything about, I, you know, I don't really follow baseball. Wow. So, yeah, I don't um, follow baseball. Yeah. Either. So, anyhow, you got a bus driver who had driven the, you know, uh, uh, the, the Houston Astros. Yeah. No, the Astros, yes. But the, but the Tennessee Titans, too, in the same weekend. Yeah. Um, that's, that's bad news, man. Well, you know, um, get Zooks. When we think about the Las Vegas Raiders going to, that uh, charity event without masks. Uh, do you think those guys are going to get fined, or did they, they get have fined? To. They have to. And I will tell you this much too: they would be doing a disservice to the rest of the NFL if there's a COVID outbreak right. in Vegas, yeah. all right, amongst the Vegas Raiders, and they got like, oh, we got to, uh, you know, re- move our game. No, you deserve to forfeit a game if right. you're not adhering to those protocols. And like Ben, like Ben said, hey, we homeschool our kids. Nobody's invited over. All right. Yeah. That means we're out. We're outsy. Right. You know, he's not going to invite us over. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so so the fact is, if you're not adhering to the safety protocols as established by the NFL, then I think you got to pay the price. And I don't think a monetary value can be placed on it. You forfeit the game. Yeah, and, and Grudes doesn't wear a mask. Grudes let some guy into the locker room right. uh, without being tested, bypassing the security measures. Right. Um, you know, and I love Groots. I yeah, think the world of them. You know, I, I, having I only, you know him. I, I've only met him once or something like that, passing waved. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I've been a fan of his. I thought he was a great coach. But by golly, man, it, these are slipping up in measures that you can't afford to do if you want to success, successfully complete this season. You know, when I went to Green Bay, John Gruden was the wide receivers coach. And I think he was like, uh, he was 10 years younger than me. Uh, I was 36. <laughs> he was 26. I, I, I looked at him. I said, is that a grad assistant? <laughs> uh, uh, that was quite a staff, yeah, though, that yeah, was yeah, up, yeah. up there in Green Bay. Yeah, Andy Reid, uh, John Mariucci, John Gruden, uh, uh, and uh, uh, uh uh, you know uh, Nolan Cromwell. Oh yeah, there's uh, another. Well, you yeah. played against. We played against Nolan, right? And uh, Ray Rhodes. Uh, there's another guy. Yeah, and uh, you know it was it was a great staff. Uh, and Mike Holgren, uh, Holmgren, and uh, well, they've come up with new protocols so far. And by the way, um, right now, as of this morning, no Vikes that I know of 
no Vikings have uh, tested positive. So yeah. that's that's a bit of a misnomer. I'm sitting there going, hmm, yeah, I, I thought they, I thought they would have tested positive. I, you would think so. Now again, if you're a conspiracist like Jacob and I, and you wonder, you know, could there be could there be some hanky panky going on there? Um, but anyhow, protocols for teams possibly exposed. That would be like the Vikings. So this is their daily point. They have daily point of care testing. So they have testing right on the spot. Um, they uh, they got to wear masks at all times on the field. Can you imagine being players and coaches and everybody? Everybody's got to wear a mask on the field. How do you do that? that would, right. Yeah. I, I would say okay. No conditioning runs. Okay. You can't. You just can't do that. Yeah. You know, I would wear. I would wear the mask. Would you? I, I would wear. The I would mask. struggle. I would struggle. I. Always, you know what? Getting oxygen in was never easy. Right. For me. Right. Right. You know. But anyhow, they say, and you got to have only virtual meetings. All right, you can't oh. meet person. We're back to you're kind of back to phase two or three or whatever yeah. in training camp. So uh, all teams? No, the only ones that possibly have been exposed. So you're talking right. about the mini Vikes. You're talking about well, obviously Tennessee's shut down period uh, for a few days. They can you know they can go by virtual uh, Zoom or whatever you know and and have their meetings, but. Um, they can't do anything in person. And I would imagine because the Vikes reopened their building either, I believe it's been reopened yesterday or today, I can't remember which. Um, but it means that when they go out on the field, they all got to wear masks all the time while they're on the field. Oh. All right. So there are some things that you got to adhere to. And one of the things that, that's going to affect the Steelers now on their bye week, nobody can leave town. They still got to be tested daily. Yeah. And nobody can leave town, which is good because you're not, hopefully, Hopefully you won't be one of you know. Don't be that guy. So this is not like a bye weekend. No, the, the like uh, everything in the else in twenty twenty. Yeah, you 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 know you you go away and you travel and but you don't go away. No, you're not. You're not really going away. You who always wanted to go away. You're like right. I want to go. I want to go hiking. I want to travel. I want to go, go hiking. So, no, you didn't want to hike during the season, did you? Yeah. I don't remember you wanting to hike. I remember you just wanted to get Karen out of town. And I went, Karen and I went, uh, went hiking. No, no, I'm talking about when you were a player. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah back yeah, Way back yeah, in the day. Because yeah. you had to rest up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but here's the thing that, okay, the solution that everybody's talking about is the Titans have a bye week in week seven. Yeah. Okay? The Steelers and Ravens play uh, in week seven against each other. Yeah, but they were going to play week six. Uh, no, if the Steelers play, well, this is one solution I heard. If the Steelers play the Ravens in Week Eight, and oh, right. all right, and that way, then the Titans, you know, can have their bye week and what's what not. Well, no, they'll play the Titans in Week Seven. Yeah, all right. So that means thirteen straight weeks of of playing ball. But you know what I say, Chaluch? We used to play twenty or twenty-one games, right. or twenty-two games straight. Yeah, the the bye weekends came up in nineteen eighty-nine. Towards the end of yeah, yeah 90, towards 90, the eighties. I can't. 90, remember. 1990, I think 90, 90, 90 and ninety-one. Right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. All right. Those were two years that we had it because I don't remember. Or did I think it was eighty-nine somewhere in there because Chuck. I was in Pittsburgh when we had a bye week, and you know what, Chuck? That's not a bye week. Right. right? You're just going to you know, pound yeah, each other yeah, we're, it's through like the weekend. Camp. Yeah, we got Sunday off. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I, I remember in uh, I was in Minnesota for 90 and 91, and uh, then we had bye, bye weeks there. But um, as far as that, up till then, we, we'd play straight through. I mean, a minimum, right. you're going to play 20 straight weeks. 
Remember that? Yeah. I mean, because you'd go four preseason games, maybe five, so it would be 21. Yeah. Uh, and that's to the end of the season. And if you went into the playoffs, playoffs. Playoffs. All right. I mean, that's week 22 right there. So it's, to me, it, again, you sit there and go, well, they're going to play three. And I and I was thinking about them, thinking, yeah, that's a long haul. And then I thought, right. wait a minute. We used to do more than that. So looking at that, I, I just think, you know, it, it is what it is. You're going to have to deal with it now. They made the move. Again, I would stick to what I my, – my thoughts is stick to what we were talking about before. You play the game or you forfeit. Yeah. But if you can't, okay, then now you are where you you're, are. You're we'll forfeit. Go. Well, that's what I, I, I was hoping. But they're not. They're going to move the game, and I would imagine it's going to be around week seven or so, week eight. eight. Yeah, eight. And Wait, week seven. Week seven is the Titans have a bye week in week seven, all right? Oh, yeah, if the Ravens moved at week eight, okay, yeah. then we can play. But you know what? I get so confused. <laughs> this, it's like I always said, you know what? I can't even control my own day-to-day hardly. Yeah. I, I would not be one. Hey, let's put a real clown in charge of rescheduling games. So we're going to go to the phones. Yes. Uh, uh, let's go to CR in Chicago. CR, welcome to the locker room. Good morning, you two old folks. You're Austin there in Chicago. How the heck you brothers doing this morning, guys? We're doing fine, CR. How are you doing in the Windy City? Better than I deserve, <laughs> CR. Uh, no, you, you guys are worthy. Uh, before I go further, let, let me let me get a plug into the uh, Steeler Nation uh, Baker's Dozen Plus. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's a, that's a good thing, man. But you know what? You guys should be really, really... Uh, energized because you know you got people out here depending on you, depending on your staff, depending on your experience, depending on your knowledge of the game. Well, we are energized, CR. We are energized. Do do you hear it in our voices? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't say you weren't energized. That's right, baby. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) This guy here. And, 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 uh, Touch, we're so proud of you that you've been able to – you know, maintain that that under three hundred mark. That's so, it, uh, man. We're trying. Goes. We're trying, CR. <laughs> my, my heart goes out to you. But hey, don't get depressed because there's no games going on. All that. Yeah. Is what it is, and it's you know what happens when you get so. depressed? You know, that's that comfort no, food. <laughs> yeah, 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 you start eating. <laughs> I know what happens to you. You know, uh, boy, so, you ain't kidding, man. Nothing's safe around me. What's your comfort food? It, what what's within arm reach? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, mine is even more. Uh, I usually use the term neck, N-E-X-T, Whatever is next is my comfort food. So. There you go. That in works. Any case, but 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 what really keeps me alive and kicking is, is my my Steelers, my Steelers man. You know, you've been around Steelers as long as I have. Uh, it's just a part of your DNA. Uh, I'm not really disappointed that we're not playing. Uh, I'm just I'm just taking it one day at a time. As I said yesterday, guys. Um, it is what it is, and uh, the way our team is coming together, the way things are, are going on, we can be thankful above all that we do, we don't have any cases yet. So that's right. That's, um, that's number one, and number two, we are working together in all phases of the game: defense, offense, uh, special teams, coaches, players. Uh, you know, like I said, this is coming up on. Normally, this would be week number four of a preseason game. And where we're at right now is cool. Bottom line, guys, is that we're able to come through this and end up with, with number seven. It's going to be a story to be told for centuries, man. What's your comment? Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to how we move through this year because this year is a year un- unlike any other year. You don't know how this thing's going to turn out. There are mo- too many twists and turns to even right. look. It's it's hard enough to just look around the, the weekend here and look at uh, you know the game coming up against Philadelphia because, you know, who knows? Who knows? I, I really thought uh, they were going to have the game this weekend. I was fully expecting they were going to go ahead and play. And then all of a sudden you got COVID people getting, you know, COVIDed out over and over in Tennessee. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and, and, I, and I think, uh, you know, we're going to play Philly. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's hope we can kick start yeah. and pick up where we left off. Yeah. So that's where we're at, CR. Just a determination and a drive there. And unlike many other teams, uh, I think our team recognizes where we're at right now in history and uh, the possibilities, and I think as far as the heads being uh, collectively together on the same page from the coach down to the guy that goes out and, and picks up the, the trash off the field, I think everybody's on the same page, and I really appreciate that. Uh, it's a good thing we don't have those 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 troublemakers that we had a, a while back. So um, everything is looking good to me. As far as the defense is concerned, and T.J. Watt, um, I mean, you know, this, this defense is, is – how about TJ? Isn't he looking great? I tell you, he's playing oh, like yeah. Superman. Playing great. <laughs> All right, whole, we got to roll. Whole, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, the Steelers, you know, I, I, I this, not, none of the Steelers have gotten the COVID thing. And, uh, you know, they are so careful. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Mike Tomlin wearing a mask all the time. Right. Set an example. You, you look at uh, the coaches wearing a mask all the time on the practice field and on the uh, Leadership, on the my yeah, friend. Yeah. Leadership from the top down. All, all right. right, CR, we got to roll. Hey, all guys. Right. We're gonna in t- the meantime, in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you, CR. All right, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be right back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. Obviously, as a quarterback, we throw a big touchdown pass. Um, you know, that's what you're what you're paid to do, what you grow up doing. I mean, we throw passes for a living. Um, but when we're able to finish games on big drives like that, a lot of it's running. 
that means more to me in the sense that it means we're winning the football game and I'll always be more about winning than uh, individual stats. So um, at the end of the day, that's that's more important for me. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. So the Kinks are talking about, are singing about, uh, I want to be like, I want to fly like Superman. Well, Ben's Superman. Yes, he is. Yeah, and he, he you know, he drives the, uh, he, you know, he makes the drives and he touchdowns and we're 3-0 and all, and... Uh, all then, roads lead to Ben. Yeah, all roads lead to Ben. And, they you do. know, I, I think that uh, this week off is going to make him uh, more, you know, his arm more The only alive. thing I'm worried about, he was just beginning in my mind, all right, yeah. to crest that hill of shaking off some of the rust. Because you could tell, he's unhappy in, by his comments, his right. own self-comments. I mean, what do I know about throwing a football? I mean, seriously. Yeah. So, Luch, we just we try to keep our guys upright. That's it. But you watch him. Throwing the ball, he's missed on some long ball targets. You know they've been a little bit off. Now he wasn't he wasn't off on uh, Chase Claypool. Right, hit him right in stride. But the consistency in going long ball that comes from repetition. And you, yeah, he in my mind I thought he was just he's just starting to look like his old self. Yeah. So the only that's the only thing about getting it this early. I was just afraid. Eh. You know what the uh, one of the things that I've been impressed with. Is the out patterns? That's the hardest right. throw to make. Uh, you've got to b- throw that on a frozen rope, and he's been throwing it yes, on a frozen. Yes, rope. he has, no doubt uh, about and, it. And uh, you know, and, and he, you know, he's um, he's got the, he's got the gun. Yes, he's he got does. The gun and the, the elbow, gun is back, baby. And the elbow's not uh, it's locked solid. It's locked tight. No yeah, question yeah. about it. All right, let's go to the phones. Mojo Al from Washington. Mojo Al, welcome to the locker room, brother. How you doing? Touch, I'm glad you're, touch, I'm glad you're back because I talked to Wolf last week and mm-hmm. we talked about the Mojo-nator and he hasn't mentioned it. So I'm kind of thinking it's not real. No. You know me better than that, Mojo Al. They talk about the dirty dozen, and he never mentioned, don't forget the Mojo Nader out of Washington State, because it should be Mojo, should pop right up, but it doesn't. But we'll go on. We'll go on. Touch, I believe you. I believe you, Touch. Mojinator, thanks. Mojo Al, you, you are the best, buddy. Mojo Ale is the Mojo Mojinator. There you go. Uh, okay. Um, you know, uh, Rippin is from Spokane, where I live. And so is uh, Kimo. He's uh, from the Tri City. You guys should try to get the Kimo one. Yeah. If you guys next We will do that. That's a great suggestion coming from the Mojinator himself. We're going to have to do that. Understand, stay tuned in the next segment. At the top of the hour, we've got the great Kendall Simmons checking into the locker room. That's what I'm hearing. I've been hearing it. I listen. I just don't have the time anymore since things have changed in my life a little bit. And so, uh, but I listen, I just don't have the time to call as much. Gotcha. And so, uh, and then, and also another person from Washington State was Jason Hansen, the kicker out of Detroit. Yeah. And uh, and my brother, who passed away just a little while ago. I'm he sorry never, to hear that. Ever he never, ever complained. He always said, it's a great day to be alive. Amen. Yeah, so, amen. Every, 
And every day I wake up, I say, and I can say it on this talk show, this show, so I'm glad I can say it as I say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Right. Amen. You better believe I, I it, Mojo wake, Al. I say that too, I, I Mojo. I, I don't wake up on my own. He wakes me up. So I just want to say that. Uh, okay, now, Mojinator, I got to take you to task, though, because you're missing a very important teammate of Tunch and mine. Who would that be? He was a fellow offensive lineman, number 74, the great Ray Penny, brother. Terry Long was 74, too. Right. And was he from Washington State? Yeah, Yeah, he's he's from Seattle. Well, Seattle's a little bit far away. That's where the Seahawks are. My two least favorite teams in the NFL, the Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens. The Seahawks, I always got to hear about them, and the Ratbirds because they're my division. That's awesome. We wait. We won't talk about. It. All right, fellas. I just want to say hi and. Uh, Glad you did, so, Mojo Al. So, so I'm leaning. I'm leaning on the line on the Mojo. So <laughs> All right, thanks, Mojo Al. Great, great job, brother. One more thing I was going to say, and you guys did take my thunder out of the air, but because I was going to say. We did have to play Tennessee, and then we would have to play Baltimore. That would be two tough teams back-to-back. But just like you guys did, so you guys did it without any buys. So I guess if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So no sense of complaining about it. You're you're quoting my dad. That's it. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah, so... All right, you guys have a great weekend. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Sounds right. good. Thanks, thanks, Mojo Al. Al. He is a Mojinator. Yeah, let's. That was good. Let's go to the phones. Richard in Cannonsburg. Richard, welcome to the can- uh, the, the locker room. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Fabulous. Even though, even though the weather's a little bit gray and all that, God is still in charge. This is a, a good day that the Lord has made. Amen. But I uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, this um, Tennessee thing real quick. Okay. There's a reason why God don't want this game played. I let it go. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. Right. But I hear somewhere where they said the NFL could add an extra week at the end of the season to give the Steelers a bye week. Right. Somewhere in there. Yeah, Tunch was okay, talking we'll about this last uh, yesterday. I'm sorry. You're talking about pushing back the yeah. wild card. Okay, and the only thing that worries me because I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the Pennsylvania Governor's Cup against the Steagles. That's <laughs> a funny name, call them. But yep. um, the only thing that worries me is rust. Like you said, Wolf, yeah. us having to wait this long to play the next game for rust buildup. So, and I believe that. So, but I believe that Coach Tomlin will do things to try to keep the team sharp. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, no doubt. We'll hope that they hope that they come out sharp. And I've seen you guys a couple times. I don't worry some men, but you guys, I want to let you know you are Steeler royalty. Okay? No. <laughs> See you out there. Yes, you are. You're Steeler royalty. I appreciate you, you Richard. All my past Steelers. You know what I mean? And um, I'll be ready for the Eagles. The only thing is, I had to, that's why I don't take my ribs out the freezer until <laughs> Friday. <laughs> so I'll save until next week. That's beautiful. (laughs) Your show is a blessing. You know, I love you guys, man. God bless you. 
And uh, I'll be catching up, but I'm going to take a little break until we get closer to those Eagles. But I will be listening in. And Richard, God bless you guys, and you guys have a blessed day. Hold on, brother, because I'm going to let Go you ahead. in on a little secret. Down yeah. in, uh, let's see, over in Cecil, there's a new joint that opens up a barbecue, blowing smoke barbecue. If you're a rib man, I'm telling you, it's a place to be. Oh, I just live right around the corner. Oh, I know. And I'm going to take. I'm going to take my Steeler fire, and my, my friend's son's going to play high school football tonight. I'll let my emotions out for the high school football for Pitt. There so you I go. We feel for whenever we come for the Eagles. But like I said, God bless you guys. I like your show. I'm excited to be back, and I'll be talking to you guys soon. Sounds good. Thank you, All brother. Right. Thank you, Richard. God bless you, buddy. All Love right. you. All right. Uh, well, yeah. you know, the, here's the thing. Um, I, I was going to bring this up, Chaluch. Uh, Bob Labriola on uh, Steelers.com. Labs right. wrote a great, great article on the Hall of Honor, class of 2020. Right. That, of course, is Dwight White, Mike Wagner, Troy Polamalu, James Ferrier, Greg Lloyd. And what he did was he kind of highlighted a unique trait of each one of them. For instance, Dwight White. It's about desire. Right. Mike Wagner, selfless. Yeah. Okay. Troy Polamalu. Dynamic, yeah. James Ferrier, poise, and Greg Lloyd, demeanor. Right. But then he goes on to write about him, and I'm telling you, folks, if you're out there, it's a great article that you don't want to miss because Bob really did a, uh, I think, it just a, a terrific over and above the call of uh, duty job in writing up right. uh, on the Hall of Honor. These guys, it's really, it was really good reading. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, Dwight White uh, uh, left the hospital. Uh, with the flu uh, in uh, Chaluch, it was more than that. He had pneumonia and pleurisy. And here's what it says from the Mayo Clinic, according to Bob. The symptoms of pleurisy might include chest pain that worsens when you breathe, cough, or sneeze, shortness of breath because you are trying to minimize breathing in and out. Pain caused by pleurisy might worsen with movement of your upper body and can radiate to your shoulders or back. Let me tell you something. He was a sick man when he took that field. Yeah. The first eight plays, the Vikings ran right at him. Yeah. Because uh, they knew he just came out of the hospital, checked out of the hospital that day. Eight plays, running plays at him, zero yards. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, Mad you know, Dog White. Uh, you know, and uh, if it was your first Super Bowl, yeah. you, you want to come out of that. Absolutely. But I mean, golly, what a man. Yeah. I mean, Mad Dog was special. Right. And uh, we, we greatly miss him. And Yeah. God bless him, yeah. you know, but uh, he was he was quite a competitor. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back uh, in uh, – We've got Kendall Simmons coming Kendall up at Simmons. the top of the hour. All right. Uh, uh, we'll be back. He's Wolf. I'm Touch. You're in the locker room. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your
the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Oh, yeah, born to run. And if you're born to run, there's no better anyone to run behind than the great Kendall Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, first-round draft pick from Auburn. And I always got to start off by saying... Last year, the Iron Bowl, uh, is this the War Eagle or the Peace Pigeon? I don't you know, know which one it is. You know what? And and uh, uh, Kendall Simmons used to be a regular on our show. Yes, he did. Yeah. Welcome in the locker room, Kendall Simmons, if you will. Oh, hold on. Time out, man. Peace Pigeon? <laughs> really? I mean, I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew you were going to give me something. You I really know it. Did, man. Uh, uh, tell me this. Tell me this. When did you record that song I just heard? <laughs> Born to Run? Born to Run. Oh, uh, a long time ago it was recorded, my friend. <laughs> How y'all doing, fellas? We are doing great. Uh, One great. of our favorite dudes is yeah. Kendall Simmons. And Kendall, uh, it is so good to hear your voice, young man. It's uh, it's such a great thing to have you in the locker room, even though you're not in the locker room. You're now an offensive line coach assistant down at Auburn, are you not? Do I have that correct? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm actually pulling into the parking deck right now. We're getting ready to leave here in a, in a few hours. Get ready to go head up to, to Bulldog Country. Oh, oh, Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> so, Kendall, yes, do you yes, Kendall, do you like coaching? I do. Honestly, fellas, the only thing that, that – and I've heard this from all my coaches and everybody else I know who's gotten into it is just the time it takes away from your family. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's – and, and just being – in all honesty, that's what I'm struggling with right now is um just, just trying to manage all that and, and questioning at times, do I really want to – do this and and so you don't want to miss too much time when your kids are younger and that's what that's the part that I enjoy that I'm missing out on. Well, you know, uh, years ago you were speaking for the Diabetes Foundation and you were traveling all around uh, the country. So, uh, uh, did you? Was it hard for you to go to coaching uh, when the, that you got that offer? You know what. It, it it was and it wasn't. It's one of them things where the the new starts to wear off, and you get a little bit older. And if you if you start getting less interest, and they got newer people that are diagnosed, they got a little bit more fame than you do, and and, and more present in the young people's mind, then they start going to that. Then also we hit the kind of the I guess you say the recession where they had to make cuts, mm-hmm. and things started getting cut back, and um, you know. My people told me, hey, you want to make decisions, you might want to start thinking ahead because we don't know where the company is going to be. Um, and so that's when I just decided to say, hey, let me let me get us a shot and see which direction, see how this goes. And my wife was, was for it, and, and it, it's, it's been working out so far, man. I mean, it really has. I, I have no complaints, and I still speak for them from time to time. i got to ask you something now, Kendall. How's, first of all, how's Celeste and the kids? You got four there? Every, yeah, yeah, they're doing well, man. Everybody come through the quarantine man. well? Because I will tell you, in the Wolfley family, I didn't quarantine. I quarantined. <laughs> Maybe 25. Wow. <laughs> I hear you. We had hey, a little bit of problem. We're all doing good, man. Oh, good. good. Praise God. That's we're great. Good. They just left this morning to, for Florida. They got an um, ECNL tournament down in Florida that they're heading to right now. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I, I got to ask him something, though, because yeah. it's on my mind before I forget you, Luch. Sorry. But you remember in the Colts – 
uh, in the in the RCA dome, you know, the big fumble. You got Bussy, mm-hmm. the the ball going the other way. Now, Big Ben saves the day. He tackles uh, the defensive back, right? But I've always wondered, what were you doing when you leaped over the pile? You, like, totally whiffed the pile. What happened on in that instance? You were in hot pursuit. You were after him. But then all of a sudden, after Ben makes a tackle, you caught air and whiffed the pile. How did that happen? I have no clue. I had no chance of catching that guy at all. I know that. And I don't know what made me jump because he was already down. And it was just like my brain just shut off and my body did whatever it wanted to do. Oh, that was so good. Can you imagine Bussy fumbling in that instance? I couldn't. Could not imagine it. And everybody was in shock. And the fact that you guys weathered the storm to go on and have that great Super Bowl run, Super Bowl Forty, fantastic, man. It was meant to happen that way. It really was. Right. And so um, I'm glad Ben was alert and everybody else was, was rolling right behind him. So, so you know, um, uh, what is the best thing that you enjoy about coaching? Um. Being around the young, being around the group of guys, um, that's the part that you miss about football when you're out of it is just right. that, that right. being around the, the men and, and laughing and talking. And then also, too, um, at this level, the guys are looking for knowledge. They're looking for leadership, and they they want to hear another voice than you know other than their coaches constantly yelling at them. And when you have the experience that myself and, and Cadillac Williams and um, a couple other guys on the team have from just, you know, having experience in the NFL and what you can bring, it really makes a world of a difference. So um, that's what I enjoy about giving that back. Kendall, do you remember when we had you in the locker room because you were in, uh, hanging out with Tunch and I on Mondays after the game or Tuesdays, I can't remember which it was, and Russ Grimm called in? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did he, that was a surprise, was it not? <laughs> It really was. It really was. I just talked to Russ a couple days ago, man, and and he's doing good. I'm glad you brought that up. I'll never forget that. You know, the funniest thing about it was, if for the folks that didn't hear that, uh, which would be so many, um, but Kendall, I, and Tunch were sitting there and we're talking about, you know, taking calls and stuff, and all of a sudden there's this guy calls in and he sounds just like a yinzer. Yeah. And he starts talking about uh, a trap play with Kendall, and then, why did you do this instead of that? And all of a sudden, it was like, you knew, you knew this guy knew something more than just being a yinzer, and all of a sudden you rec- exactly. recognized his voice. It was hilarious. Yes, it was, and that's perfect, man. I mean, he couldn't have played that out any better than he did, and um, I, I will never forget that. Uh, I, I won't. Kendall, when you look back at your Super Bowl experience, what was the best part of it besides the ring and everything? Does any of that uh, really – and have you forgotten or, or did you soak in all that that great uh, mojo from, from the Super Bowl Forty? Um, Super Bowl Forty for me, honestly, when I look back at it, uh, my second year – I uh, was uh, diagnosed with, with diabetes. Right. Oh, right. And, right. Then, and then, the, then two weeks in the training camp, I blow my knee out. So I got hit, you know, a couple of Mike Tyson uppercuts there. And, right, um, right. Oh, I'm sorry. And, I and forgot then, about that. Yeah. And, and, and so that Super Bowl 40 run for me, making it always through training camp, and all the preseason games and starting every game all the way up into the last one um, and, and having my diabetes somewhat, you know, under control and, and dealing with that. 
uh, knee wasn't bothering me. It was a blessing, definitely, from God at that, yeah, and, and really all of it in general. But that's how I look at Super Bowl Forty because watching them going 15-1 and one the year before, you know, as a player, and when you, if you're honest with yourself, it really it hurts the fact that you see them succeeding without you, right? And you know that you want to be out there, and you're like, okay, man, this is this is like it's going to be it for them. They're going to make the run, and so, and then you have an opportunity to go and do it again the next year. You know that that was definitely you know bittersweet. You know, uh, you had a lot of godly men on that team, a lot of guy, guys that loved Jesus. Uh, what did that do to the closeness of that team? Um, it made it where you could be vulnerable. Um, when, you're, when, you're, when you're vulnerable to your peers right. and the people that you're around all the time, it makes you do things um, with an open heart. And, and, and when you say, when I say 100%, I mean... Really, honestly, and truly, a hundred percent. You're going to do whatever you can because you feel that that you have to have an accountability to these guys, and you can open your heart up to them, and they they are just there with you. I mean, that that team and that that group there is number one to me, hands down. You know, you look at these guys, and and you you see the effect Bussy had on everybody. Would you say he was one of the biggest effects on on you guys as a group, as a team? You know uh, the Hall of Famer that he was. Yeah, I, I think so. They just adding his whole story on top of the fact of where we were going to play. That was just just icing on the cake. Um, we had so many guys that you could you could look to, and the one thing about Jerome, he could say something and everybody listened. It wasn't like he was just talking to the offense. Everybody would listen. I felt that way about Hines. I felt that way about Joey. I felt that way about Aaron Smith when he did say anything. And when, when Troy decided to even, you know, voice his opinion, we had so many guys on that team like that. James Ferrier, you know, Allen, um, you know, Jeff Harden. We had so many guys that could just say something and the entire team would listen. That's what made them special. Yeah, you know, the, the, you know Jeff Harding's was a uh, uh, – Love Jesus and uh, Aaron Smith loved Jesus and you you had a bunch of guys that loved Jesus on that team. Yes, yes, and that's like just being able to talk to them and them seeing you struggle a little bit with something and just kind of opening their heart up to you and, and that made you feel more comfortable and okay I can get through this and then also too you being okay to say something to them when you see them struggling and not feeling like okay well it ain't my business to say anything so. Um, that's uh, like I said. That's what made them special, man. I, I love that group. You know, when you think about it and the hard times you endured, and I, I, I still, you know, I totally, I got to tell you, I, I totally whiffed about that year when you came to camp, and I remember seeing you up at St. Vincent. And I said, "Who is that guy?" Because you were standing on the sidelines. You had lost all this weight, and it, mm-hmm. and 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 I was sitting there going. And somebody told me it was Kendall. I go, no way, that's not Kendall. And and I was shocked because I didn't had not known what was going on. You know, for you to overcome that, that that inspiration that you give to young people who are facing the same sort of challenges as you did, uh, you know, that's what it's about pouring life into others. Man, I, I salute you, brother. That is really a neat and wonderful thing that you do to take your personal pain and make it something that you can lift other people up and, and show them it can be done. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that. And um, 
the the one way I have to I, I, God made me look at it is if there are guys on this team that are struggling with things themselves, and they they they've got their own personal struggles, but they're fighting through it, and they're doing the best they can with it. So you you need to do the same thing. I didn't realize outside, you know, who was watching and and the young people that were being inspired by, um, and what I tell them all the time, you know, you give me energy to keep going. Um, just the fact that you see me doing something that gives me energy because there are days where I get tired of it and I, and, and it wears me out right. and I, I'm, I'm moody and, and this is just so much to go along with it. Um, and just seeing young people and say, Hey, you, you keep me going. That's another way of God saying, Hey, look, there's a plan behind this. I know you don't necessarily care for it, but, um, this is what, this is what it can do. So I, I want you to try to buy in, buy into it. You know, uh, changing the subject, I think it was the was it the AFC Championship game that year uh, against Denver, or was it the Super Bowl uh, when uh, uh, you know your offensive line coach said, uh, "If anybody's scared out of here, is scared in here, get off the bus." Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that comment. Yeah, do you remember that? Hmm. I don't. I don't. Rem- it might have been the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Russ Grimm. Russ, Russ Grimm. Russ said that. Hmm. I Russ heard had some good ones, man. Russ. <laughs> do you remember when? Do, were you there when Matthias and Quinty said that uh, you guys were working hard at the South Side, and he uh, kind of up upbraided Matthias and said, "You see the guy with the." Uh, the uh, uh, jackhammer over there. He's, and he said, "That guy's working hard. You're playing football." <laughs> and it was just funny, you know, because Russ was, you know, Russ was a guy that he'd he'd take you to task, man. He was not afraid to uh, speak his mind at all, whether it's on the field, uh, in the classroom, or on the bus. He was one of those guys that kind of let it fly. Was he not? He was, and the one thing that I learned from Russ that you learn little things that you, you, you hold on to, and I always say that if I ever had a chance to coach my own room, there would be a lot of things and, and ways that I would do, you know, go about running my group because the way Russ did it was, it was free, it was open, it was laughter, and he always knew how to touch everybody's buttons individually. And, and I see it so much in coaching today that – you try to put everybody into a box and you can't coach everybody the mm. same. And, and you got to know what, how to get the most out of everybody and how to talk to them and, and being yourself in your room. Guys love you when you do that and they will go and do anything you ask them to do. And that's what I loved about Russ because he knew how to go after all of us in, in, all, in our unique ways. Kendall, when you see young men who are maybe struggling, what is it like to come alongside them and try to uplift them, to try to redirect them in the ways that you know will be beneficial, not just to the team, but to them as young men? And how does how do you go about that? You know what I've learned over time, fellas, is that I never, I, I don't like saying the word never, but I honestly never had anybody do that for me. Um, and, and see me struggling. I'm the only person I ever, I'm going to take that back. I'm on line. Coach Yoxler, my strength coach, did this for me. What I've learned from him and just experience is when you're open and you tell guys about your flaws or, or young ladies, whoever it may be, 
what you're struggling with that they can identify with with that situation, that helps them. Um, a raw raw speech just doesn't do it. I right. think people respond to being to being genuine. And so I have no. I always tell the group when I have a chance to talk to them or anybody. I say, look, I've screwed up so much in my life. It's ridiculous, and God has given me a chance to try to make up for it, and He's mm-hmm. putting me in positions to help other people. And by helping other people, I'm helping myself. So I don't have a problem with telling you where I've screwed up at, especially when it comes to your situation, if it can help you. Right. So that's what I do. I just I just try to open up and just say, hey, look, I've done this too. Or I've done something similar, and this is how I handled it. And, I, you know, whether good or bad, you know, this is something that maybe can help you. You know, you know one thing that uh, when we screw up, uh, you know, God forgives us. Right. As, as if we ask for forgiveness and God forgives us and he loves us and he loves us unconditionally and sacrificially. Uh, and, uh, you know, we could tell that, you know, we could talk about Jesus uh, to, uh, you know, you could talk about the Jesus to the young guys. Yes, you do. You really can. And sometimes, um, you know, I'll, I'll have a verse that I've read in the morning. And it's one of them ones where I'm asking for help. And it just sticks with me. And it's funny how he drops somebody in your lap that needs that what you just read. Yeah. Um, and it makes it stick to your heart a little bit, a little more just because it's like, Hey, this, this, this just goes throughout the entire day. Um, and that's what I just try to do, man. And, and, um, you know, I always ask, asking, you know, you know, why me and why do I, you know, you continue to bless me when I, you know, I've screwed up so much, but like you said, it's unconditional and he, he knows that you can do better. And, um, as long as you seek in him, um, he's going to do whatever he can, you know, regardless try to help you out and use you to help other people well kendall i want to thank you for coming on and sharing with us you know brother we've always loved you we've been big fans of you ever since you were drafted in the first round coming to pittsburgh brother and um we just have always enjoyed you and appreciate you and and all the times you took that your time to come on the show with us and, and and talk with us and all and so glad that you are involved in pouring life into young men. So yeah. from the bottom of our hearts, uh, we say thank you and uh, keep going and doing what you're doing, brother, because you're doing some great stuff. Love you, brother. Love you big time, man. Hey, love you too, man. All right. Hey, so man, y'all have a great day. Hey, and will you come back on with us sometime? Huh? If we, please, all right. please call me because I, I love talking to you guys, man. Yeah. And, I, and y'all doing something great too. So y'all continue the good work, fellas. All God right, brother. You, keep going. All right, thank you so much. Take care, Kendall Simmons. And that is Kendall Simmons. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. We'll be right back after this. Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf 
Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back, and you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> you know, the Steelers, you haven't seen anything yet. Uh, you know, they're going to... Uh, they're going to roll that uh, rock and downhill, and they're going to be... You think they're going to come out of this yeah. week, this I, buy, I, this I, I unforeseen think, buy, yeah. and come out smoking? Yeah, I think they're... they're I, I hope think you're right. I think I they're going to come. You know, I just, I, 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 it just worries me a little bit when you're just, in my mind, uh, I think offensively, they're just starting to crest that shaking the rust off... Yeah. Part of the hill. Yeah. But defensively, they've just been playing lights out. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they had a little bit of a setback in, against Denver when Mel Gordon hit him for, you know, some yardage. Yeah, but, but, that's... but he didn't uh, hit him for prolonged yardage. No. 70, 70, 70 yards. 78, yeah. I think yeah. it was. And yeah. it was it was really three or four big runs right, that, right. you know, there was on the backside. And they, they controlled it. Right. In the and then they half. turned around and they came back. I thought they were primed. To take on Derrick Henry in that big Tennessee line, right? Because you know? again, one of the things that I love, I know you love, uh, just like I do, are the trench warfare that occurs. Right. And when you Come see off some the ball, when you see some old school guys that uh, really believe in moving people, right? I mean, that makes you kind of like, boy, this is going to be interesting because you know the front end of that Steelers defense, they don't move for anybody, yeah. you know. So I, it's like. Which what the, you got a rock versus the immovable force? What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I think the, you know, Derrick Henry's so good, he and is. and uh, he runs the outside zone so well. Uh, he can press uh, the tight end, and he can bounce it outside. He can cut it back. He's got great vision and great physicality. He runs over people, and he's got great speed. He does. He runs a 4-5. Right. I mean, 4-5 at 250. Right. That's a lot of meat on the hoof that's coming downhill to give you a slobber knocker of a hit. Yeah, meat on the hoof. Not. Meat on the hoof. Absolutely. And one of the things I find curious is, you know, he spent a couple of years kind of like not really doing a lot. Then all of a sudden, it's like the light comes on, and yeah. he it just turns into a terror. And so, I was anxious to see it because one of the things I wanted to see was Vinnie Williams against Derrick Henry. Because one of the ways you can stop that train and any stop any train is you got to catch it early, right? You know, you make it go sideways, do whatever, but you can't let it get downhill on you and get gain that right. speed. Yeah, and Vinnie's one of those guys that is capable of meeting him force for force in the hole or behind the line of scrimmage. And, you know, Vinny's, uh, uh, you, Vinny reads the running play very well. Uh, he reads uh, the cutback very well. Yes, he uh, does. He reads the bounce outside very well. Yes. And, you know, and so does, so does Devin Bush. Devin Bush is getting better and better yes, and he better. Is. Yeah. You know, he is quietly coming along, having uh, a, a good year and doing very well. One of the things that, um, you know, I also, one of the things I noticed watching the, and this, this is interesting. Tell me if I'm, I'm, I'm reading this correct, but when you watch Derrick Henry, some of the times they run him to the outside. Now, obviously, he's got speed, but it's not like uh, Anthony McFarland's right. speed. You know, running, pressing the tight end, running to the, you know, the, uh, I'm, the numbers and, and up the sidelines, that sort of thing. But their play action was so much bent on, you know, if you have 
you you force them a little bit wide, it's not a bad thing because you're making those corners come up. You're making the nickel guy come up. You're making them all fill the run gaps wide as you as you you know move towards the sidelines. That when you start to put the ball in his belly and pull it back out and go play action. You draw those, you freeze those corners because they're trying to come up early. And you freeze those linebackers. Right, right. But also what I was trying to look at, I'm trying to think, when he runs wide to the sidelines, I'm wondering why do they even bother running wide to the sidelines? Then part of it I realized was, you know, if you ever get him on a 5'11", 190 corner, man, he's going to take a lick, right? Now – even if he's going to give a lick. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm talking about the 511 190. He's going to he's going to hurt. Yeah, right. And so they're going to be quick to come downhill because you want to get to Derrick Henry as quick as you can before he can legitimately build up ahead of steam. Right. Right. And, and even then, you 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 create that thing in their head where if you you think it's play action and they jump up because they think they got to want to get there early. Um, that's it enhances that play action all the more. Yeah, and and you know when when they play action, Ryan Tannehill throws long. Oh, he does. Yeah, you know he throws long. He does. He threw that rocks boy in the first series. He went play action. Yeah, and he went yard. I'm trying to remember um, Corey Davis. Corey Davis. That was at 84. Caught a big one off of Tannehill. Tannehill. I thought Tannehill had a nice arm. I thought he yeah. threw a nice ball. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought he threw a nice ball too, and how, you know, and he, he's getting it on uh, uh, underneath routes to Humphreys. Well, I gotta shift gears here a little bit, okay? Because um, one of the things that uh, came up was uh, Juju kind of stepped in a little bit, and he came up with a comment, what they'd call a cringeworthy comment, and he said, uh, and speaking of Sam Darnold, the Jets quarterback, if you watched him last night. It wasn't all that impressive, although he did run for a 47-yarder. Right, yeah. <laughs> I kept waiting. By the way, did you see Kareem Jackson not do anything on that 47-yard run? Yeah. What Did you believe that? Kareem Jackson, I I, I have a high opinion of. Yeah. Uh, Justin Simmons, the two safeties from the Bronx, I have a pretty uh, high opinion on them guys. Yeah. And they were like frozen in their shoes. It's like they didn't move. You know, and, and, and Darnold, Sam Darnold ran right by him. Who, when was the last time you saw a quarterback that was a pocket passer such as Darnold, and he, he goes 47 yards on a, on a touchdown run? But, you know, I, I think he, he's fast. He's oh, he physical. Is, yeah. And, uh, you know, Sam Darnold and, uh, uh, you know, those guys are like that. You know, Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, well, they're from, athletic. Yeah, buff, from Buffalo. He, he's a running quarterback. Exactly. Too. Well, getting back to Juju, by the way, uh, Juju said, uh, in talking of Sam Darnold, he said, if we can get him to Pittsburgh, I would. And uh, I guess Ramon Foster heard about that. And he, uh, Ramon, you know, of course, is on, uh, you know, on some shows. And he, he says, Ramon said, I saw that and cringed. I'm not going to lie. I cringed because when you have a franchise guy in Ben uh, who said he isn't going anywhere anytime soon and Juju's up for a contract year that says a whole lot about, I don't know. I wouldn't have said it. And, you know, that's coming. Ragu knows. I mean, he's in the locker room. Yeah. You know, he's been uh, an outstanding member of that organization in that locker room yeah. for a long time. And, and a player uh, rep. And a player rep. And he knows, you know, what what you do, what you say, you know. And he said it was cringeworthy. He was like, hey, you shouldn't have said that. 
Yeah. You know, so I I was funny because Tim Benz wrote about it, and, and Benzie wrote a good article about it. And one of the things he points out, he said, um, by Foster's response, it suggests that uh, Ragu thinks Juju could have chosen better words. I would agree. Yeah. All right. I think that would have been appropriate. Uh, he wrote that Foster appears aware Ben may be sensitive to Juju's comments. I don't think, nah. Yeah. I think Ben just lets that fly. But he also said, um, and I think rightly so, who's thinking about Sam Darnold when you have Big Ben? Right. You know? But it also says this to me. Do you think that might be a tip-off of a guy who might already be thinking about free agency? Right, 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 right. Because why else would you even say that? You know, even – even, you know, because he said at the, uh, let's see, I'm trying to find, he says, I wouldn't mind playing with them again. Yeah. You know, because, because they, they played, played together, with right. Southern Cal. They played at Southern Cal. And so he said, he's one of my boys. He said, I wouldn't mind playing with him again. I can understand everything, but just the way he said, I wouldn't mind playing with him again. Right, that, right. I'm sitting there, I'm going, I don't know. And Juju understands the power of social media. Right. The power of the, having that platform to speak and express your ideas. Yeah. And it does make you wonder, go, hmm, I wonder if he's already thinking that. Who won last night? Uh, that would be the Broncos. Broncos. Broncos beat the Jets. So the Jets are 0-4? Yes, they're 0-4. Yeah. So Adam Gase is going to get fired. You think? Yeah. I, there's been a lot of rumors. You know, you know Adam Gase. Um, he's a Belichick guy, yeah, right? Yeah. No? Nah, nah. Okay. He, I thought he, he was for some reason. Um, maybe he is. Uh, you know, one of the things that Wait Adam Gase— we're not going six degrees from Tunchilkin? Yeah, Adam Gase is— You know, he is serious, and he is mad. And he's got a lot of yeah, issues going on. Yeah, he's on. got a lot of issues going on. I just wonder, yeah, you know what? Come to think of it now, I remember some of the reports talking about that the front office had already started it had already started to uh, look for or at least approach other people so i wonder all right we got got to go to break we'll be right back after this you're in the locker room with Dunch and wolf and we'll be spinning some more tunes right after this Next to you, 
and have Dave back on All Pro. I know that helps Chooks. It helps make Pouncey feel better. I feel better with it. Yeah, I thought Chooks played really well. I mean, Chooks is immensely talented. Um, and getting a chance to go against a guy like JJ Watt just, just shows. You know, he's had game experience before, so he's calm and collected, and he has that athletic ability to do it. And, um, you know, I thought it looked great as well. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back to close out the show. That was uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger talking about Chooks and David DeCastro talking about Chooks. And the reason we have uh, Ario Speedwagon because... Uh, Wolf always wants to talk about his friend and name drop, uh, Kevin Cronin. Well, yes, of course, Kevin and I are good buddies. Again, we go way back. You yeah. know, I mean, all the way back to uh, when he was at Star Lake Amphitheater. You know, and I got to meet him. Mario did you Speedwagon. Get, did you go, be, did you, did you yeah. go behind, uh, yeah. behind the... Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. Went backstage. Stevie, he, they were, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn was opening for REO Speedwagon. Right. REO had just come along with their like number one album. They yeah. hit number one status. So uh, my buddy, uh, Jeff, uh, he, he, otherwise known as Tree, remember he was 6'8", right. 340 yeah. pounds. He was a, a, a bodyguard. Guy, yeah. yeah. He took me backstage. He was working the security. <laughs> Tree, Tree was a nut. He was just a nut job. So um, anyhow, he takes me back there, and I, I met Kevin Cronin, very nice guy and everything. Well, then fast forward like 25 years later at uh, at Heinz Field, he sings the national anthem, right, Kevin Cronin. Yeah. So I meet him, you know, like, yeah, we met like 25 years ago. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't remember you or nothing. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're still tight. We're still tight. We just see each other once every – twice every quarter century. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so – well, you know, I saw REO at uh, Mellon Arena. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. You know that? What? I'm surprised I wasn't there. Yeah. Hmm. But anyhow, I will say this. So you had Ben Because talk- you were in a name drop. I didn't want to bring you. <laughs> yes, Mr. Barry Manilow. You know, I, uh, I love Barry. I was telling that story last night to the kids. Yeah. I go, your Uncle Tunch went with Met with a buddy to go. To go. Oh, I was telling Megan. I was telling Megan. Yeah, go touch him with a buddy to Barry Manilow concert. Yeah. Go. He should have never told me that. I never let him. I'd, I'd never let him forget. But anyhow, uh, we had uh, Ben talking about Chooks and what a great job he did, and also David DeCastro, who yeah. we lined up right next to him as they played against the great J.J. Watt. And they did an excellent job on J.J. J.J. never gotten close to the quarterback, yeah. hardly, you know. I thought um, Chooks has really impressed me. He's used his hands better yeah. uh, as, as he's gone along, you know. Um, his head forward posture with his hands down I, that I always worry about, he started to get back some on his, on his feet and having a good kick step. And uh, his strength... You yeah, know, he's his strong. strength saved him on a, on a couple of moves that JJ went to the inside and he locked out and he got a little twisted, but he held his ground and that's what you want to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate we saw Zach Banner at practice on Wednesday. Right? Yeah, he was yelling at everybody. <laughs> he was yelling up. You know, he's so funny because he just he's so loud. Yeah. Um, but he's you know the young man. I I, I hope and pray that he has a complete. Rehab, recovery, and re- recovery, and rehab there, so that uh, yeah, you got to be careful because in the the new thing, when you say rehab, it always sounds like you know the Betty Ford clinic. Right. And we're talking about his uh, recovery from an ACL. So 
hopefully Zach can return to form. And uh, this is going to be interesting because he was making great strides. He was ready to go. Yeah. And Chooks now has proven himself to be competent in the starting yeah. lineup. Chooks has played well. He's played very well. You know, um, I was I went back and last night because I didn't, you know, with no game coming up, I was sitting there and trying to figure out what am I going to do. So I started watching um, the last game with the the Texans and 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 the, I'm sorry, the Broncos again, and I watched um, Kevin Dotson again. Right. I wanted to watch Kevin Dotson, and I started charting plus or minuses on uh, plays for Kevin, and it was interesting because. He's he got I I would give him uh, probably four minuses on the run game in the first half. I only got to the halftime. Yeah, but only I would only have given him one minus in the pass. Right. I mean, he absolutely stuffed Jarrell Casey and Purcell and some other guys, whoever he locked up with. Uh, he did really really well pass right. protection wise. He did well run blocking wise. Some of them is hard when you have to try and judge the outside zone. Yeah, and he, you know the back cuts it back. You're in trouble. You know what I mean? Because you can't get a straight shot on a guy if he sees the back cut back and you can't see him as an offensive lineman. Right. So uh, I was. I, I was overly impressed with Kevin Dotson yet again and watching the film a second time. This kid is a player. Right. Yeah, he's going to be a player. He is going to be a player. And I think uh, he's going to have a fine future, a long future. And I think it might be one that gets a few honors as he goes along because he strikes me as a hardworking, serious-minded young man who is about increasing his craft. Yeah. And I don't think there's anybody could anybody better that he could learn from than David DeCastro in front of him. You watch how David operates. David played a great game. Yeah, you watch David and you know that's what we did. Yeah. Uh you watched Sam Davis. Uh, I right. watched Larry Brown uh and I watched Webby. Uh and you know um but I didn't get on the field uh, for Webby. <laughs> Well, the thing was, you were drafted as a center, right. but you quickly realized that I'm not going to. You're not going to be. Play. No, Webby didn't miss. There was a, a, a period of play. Uh, what three years? Yeah, he didn't miss a play in a game or a play in practice. Right. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's just really something. So you realized you had to move to tackle, tackle. if you're going to get any playing time, and uh, you created your own Pro Bowl experience, right. my friend. Yeah, you know, so I look at this and and I say, as uh, you know, Kevin Dotson, I look forward to seeing what he can do. But again, I also re- go back to David DeCastro's man. You know, I mean, he's he's the uh, the multiple All Pro first team guy. He's a multiple Pro Bowler, and for Kevin Dotson, again, that's a great way to come up and learn. And uh, I look forward to watching as this line evolves more and more. Mar- By the way, Marquise Pouncey played a very good game. Right. against Denver, watching yeah, I mean, him. And that was, uh, you know, Marquise, is, it's it's amazing. How can you have so many Hall of Fame centers? Right. I mean, think about it. Even Ranger. You know, the Ranger was a legend. Ray right. Mansfield. Right. And Mike Webster came on to start splitting time with him. And then Mike Webster had just had the Hall of Fame career. Then you go on to Dermani Dawson, another Hall of Famer. Right. You know, and the thing that I, I love about that is when you – you look at offensive linemen and how did you change the game? You know, did you, you know, and Mike Webster uh, changed the game. Right. His toughness, his durability, his strength, his quickness in three steps, and his infallibility as far as 
you know, he just didn't make mistakes. You right. know, for him to get one minus or two minuses, two minuses was too was too many missed mental errors. You, you never had those with right, him. Right, right. Um, but then Dermani Dermani comes along and they, he changes the game. They right. pull they're pulling a center, which they couldn't do with Webby. Right. You know? So I, I look at that and I, I, I see how, you know, you, those two so contributed to the game. And then you had uh, Jeff Hardings come along and and you know, even Justin Hartwig was a very good center. Right. I mean, we've had a lot of good and centers. Pounce. And and now Pounce, Pouncey comes along and you're talking about uh he's gotta be a Hall of Famer at some point. Yeah, yeah. He he's great. He's great. Uh he is. I mean, think about it. I don't think he's I don't think he's missed a Pro Bowl in any year that he's been healthy except maybe his rookie year. So, right. Right. You know, but uh other than that, he is certainly a guy who um I don't know that you could say he changed the game. But he is, uh, or the style of play at center. Right. But he is certainly a master. He's like uh, Dermani. Yeah. He, he's uh, very athletic, very yes. fast. He gets downfield. Yeah. You know, um, the, and, and the other thing about it is he is a tone setter. You right. You know, he kind of, you know, I, there was one time uh, a year ago, there was a little scuffle out there, and uh, and I remember one of the offensive linemen said to me, he says, well, the kid was lucky because Marquise wasn't out here. Yeah, he says Mar- Marquise is our muscle. <laughs> He's the one that kind yeah. of controls things. Yeah, yeah. Marquise uh, uh, is the edgy guy. Yeah, he is, and yeah. he's the energy bringer there. Yeah. So, what are you going to do this weekend, Chaluch? Bye. Uh, huh? Watch football. Watch football. Relax. Chill out. Yeah. You know, again, I'm going to have to resort to some comfort food. I'm going to, I'm going to have to try to stay Atkins this weekend. You know, because I am a situational Atkins guy. So Karen and I are going with uh, uh, Natalie and Danny and the kids uh, to Portman Farms. Portman Farms. All right, there you go. And uh, what are you going to do there? You're going to pick pumpkins. Pumpkins. Are you going to take a hayride? Ah, no. Have I, you never been on a hayride? I've been on a f- several hay wire, okay. r- hayrides. I used to go out to my uncle's farm out in Rushford. Lives just up the road from Hoopy. Yeah. And we would have hayrides out there when we were kids. You know, and Uncle Art would put would load up the hay on the on the wagon. Well, and- we, we, we went on uh, Portman Farms hayrides, and uh, I went on the Indiana State hayrides. Indiana State had yeah, a hayride. Yeah, the, the Indiana well, State that, had that's a, right because it was originally called the Farmers and Teachers College. Yeah, yes. So where else would you go Teachers on a hayride? Teachers Farmers cars, <laughs> College. Yeehaw, yeah, giddy up. Yeah. All right, it's a time to wrap this up, Chalooch. You want me? You know what? Here we go. Yeah, I want to thank you for sitting in with me. I want to thank Jacob for doing what he did today. I appreciate Jake, you so much. Jacob, all the folks, great. he's the greatest. All the folks that tuned in, we thank you so much, and appreciate. and we thank you for Kendall Simmons. Absolutely, Miss Lynn got Kendall Simmons lined up, and Lynn Kendall Mullen, Simmons, oh, thank you, did a great job. So much love to everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.